time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, August 31st. Whoa, 2020, the weirdest year of the 47 and a half years of this industry. Have we ever seen a year like 2020? I hope we've never seen another one quite like it. It's been the best of times and the worst of times, as it started out with that book of the tale of two cities. But anyway, good times for us in the mortgage industry, challenging times in so many of our cities. Our thoughts and prayers go out to so many, especially when you look at the unrest that's going on. But we're trying to make order of all of it, at least in the mortgage industry. And so that's what this podcast is about. We help mortgage professionals report on the issues as best as we see them. We try not to be opinion-based. We try to bring you information that's timely and that you can listen to in audio format. Again, it's created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're certainly not professional broadcasters, but we're thrilled to have you as our listener and sharing information with you. That is so timely. And talk about timely. The hot topic today, we've got one of my favorite people, Linda Bomar. She and her husband, Stanley, are dear friends. I love those two. She's Senior Vice President sales and marketing. She's got uh, Narayan joining us. He's Senior Vice President of Automation. Both are with Indicom. Folks, you have got to pay attention to the Hot Topics segment because what is going on? There's robotic process automation and that and AI. We're going to be discussing the difference between the both of them. And so Narayan heads that all up. So we're so excited. And then I just could listen to Linda talk all the time. Stay tuned to the Hot Topics segment. Uh, the Industry Syndicate, we're part of that as well as Mortgage Media. Be sure to check out both of those websites, industrysyndicate.com or mortgagemedia.com. Glad to be a part of that, as well as we have our sponsors. And of course, we got the MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to sign up with the Mortgage Action Alliance. Download the app and have your voice heard in D.C. And then we're so thrilled to have our partnership with Finastra. Now, this is so exciting because tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we'll be launching the uh, webinar. And I'm honored to be a spokesperson for Finastra. That's sponsored by the ABA, but it's open to anybody. You can register by going to Finastra. Website. We'll put a link in there. It is finastra.com forward slash moving mortgage to learn more about how they are doing heavy lifting. You can also go to our show notes and you have a link to get registered for the webinar. It's free, something you should be participating in. I'll be talking about how you can boost mortgage efficiencies to meet growing borrower demand. It's an exciting topic, one that's a presentation I've given before, talking about something that Alice and I did a long time ago with Radius Financial. It's called Business Process Improvement Efficiency Analysis. Because one of my favorite projects we did with a good friend of mine, Keith Pulaski at Radius Financial, Alice and I participated in that together. Listen to tomorrow's webinar, get registered for it, and check it out. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We're part of both of these very effective mortgage co-ops that create competitive advantages for lenders and vendor members. We're also part of the CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, and Indicom, who is our special guest today, and so honored to have have their sponsorship of the podcast as well as Incelerate. This is a company that helps lenders close more loans and engaging better through borrower experience that is not like anything you've ever experienced before. Check that out as well as Ainsworth Advisors. I was just on with several clients this morning. We're talking and I just got a call from David Robdett, one of our other sponsors. 
of Celebrity Home Loans. He says, Dave, I need a good board. And because everyone's starting to wake up, you need a board of advisors. So check out AinsworthAdvisors.com. See that you can handpick a select group of top mortgage professionals. It's one of my companies that I own, and we provide board services for growing companies. And you know what, folks? It's going to be more and more important that you have a board of advisors that is guiding you. And the agencies are going to be looking for that. Your counterparties are going to look for that. So check out AinsworthAdvisors.com. Of course, we have AI Assist. We're so thrilled to have them. And they have artificial intelligence that helps reach borrowers on the front end, the marketing AI. And it's so good. Check out AIAssist.com. And we could go on and on and on. But um, so glad to have Innoviant is one of our newest sponsors. You got to check out what Ted Kramer and his team has created as far as optimizing um, mortgage executions. It's a business intelligence tool that is so amazing, as well as KnowledgeCoop helping you on your training needs, as well as Mobility RE and Modex. Both of these help you connect with the loan officers that are the top producing loan officers in the nation, as well as Velma, Vendorser, Vidyard, and many more. We also have here with us each and every week, Alice, Andy, Allen, and Matt. So what's going on in the market? So we're going to talk with all of these folks. We're thrilled to be here, and thank you for giving us your time today. We all have such precious little time in this crazy market. We honor you for honoring us by giving us some of your time. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with the MBA to hear the MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, FHFA announced it is delaying the implementation date of the adverse market fee on all refinances for GSE loans from September 1st, 2020 to December 1st, 2020. It is also exempting loans with balances below $125,000, as well as refinance loans originated through the Home Ready and Home Possible programs. MBA will continue to collaborate with FHFA and all other stakeholders to ensure that future policy and pricing decisions strike the right balance. Also last week, the share of mortgage loans and forbearance remained flat at 7.2%. The share of GSE loans dropped for the 12th week in a row to 4.88%. Ginny May loans increased to 9.58%, while the forbearance share of portfolio loans and private label securities increased to 10.44%. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Good job, Rob. Appreciate the MBA for all that they're doing. How you can have your voice heard. You say, they'll never hear my voice. You, you can have your voice heard by signing up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Go to your favorite smartphone or go into the NBA website. Please do this, folks. We have got to have our voices heard. You don't think your voice matters? It does. They key it up. So would you like to talk to your representative on this, your House of Representative person? Then just click here, a few clicks, and it'll be there. So check it out. Les Parker is here with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les? Can you hear Jay's voice? This time, this is Bears Fight song. Take back the trends song. Prove they're all right. Song TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Is inflation winning the great clash between short-term deflation and long-term inflation? Yes. If you look at the rapid rebound back to pre-pandemic levels in the five-year forward-looking inflation indicator, yet historically low rates cling to deflation fears due to scary global economic uncertainty. Financial relationships <laughs> change regularly under the influence of the Federal Reserve. Last week, Fed Chairman Jay Powell made it clear that with years of low inflation, it will let inflation run. So the bears have a lot of fight left in them. These views are my own. Go to TMSpotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. 
Maybe it's just because I'm a podcaster and I love well-produced segments, but I love that. I love what Gary Cantrabone and Les Parker put together. Not only is it informative, but it's always got such a clever spin to it with the music parodies. Good job. Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, is here with us. He's our newest contributor. And Matt, I just love MBSLive.net. It is such a great platform, such great information. Hey, I'm looking at this 10-year. This is heading the right direction again. Some things are happening. Some things are, some things are happening. Good to have you here, man. What you got for us? Hey, good to see you. So, uh, is- crazy week last week, to say the very oh. least. And you can't really say that lightly in 2020, as you pointed out earlier. <laughs> so, let's break it down. We have a lot of ground to cover. And Les and Rob both touched on a few things that are integral to market movements last week, uh, especially for the mortgage market. So, we'll get to that, too. But first up, on the econ data front, pending home sales and new home sales hit out of the park, if you didn't hear about that. 900,000 new home sale yeah. annual pace, highest since 2007, pending home sales highest since 2005. There's no question <laughs> that these are stellar numbers. And I think we talked about this last week and seeing home builder confidence through the roof. This isn't really something that's producing a market reaction as far as the bond market's concerned, but it is interesting for the housing and mortgage market for obvious reasons. The only thing to reiterate something I said last week to keep in mind is that these are annualized numbers. They're taking the seasonally adjusted values and saying, what would the annual pace of home sales be if we kept up this pace? And with the spring months seeing far fewer sales than normal. A lot of that may have been pulled forward into July and August, and that is maybe making the annualized pace uh, a little bit higher than it otherwise might be. I don't want to shortchange the potential of the housing market because things could definitely continue here, but we also could be seeing a, a little bit of a bulge in the the overall charts and the, the overall numbers. Just something to keep in mind to temper enthusiasm or more importantly, to not be discouraged if these numbers start to backtrack a little bit because that's what's more likely. Moving on from that, uh, applications did fine. Purchase apps increased, which isn't a surprise in this market. Refi apps contracted, largely reflecting the uh, adverse market fee from the previous week taking effect. And uh, speaking of that, let's move into that adverse market fee real quick because that's been the big story for mortgage. And yeah. of course, it took a big bite out of everybody's rate sheet when it got announced. <laughs> and the high drama this week when we found that it would be delayed, there were some rumors that would happen, but I'm pleasantly surprised at how well those rumors panned out and with a date of December 1st. One thing listeners should keep in mind, and there's a ton of confusion out there about this, is that December 1st is the delivery date to the agencies. And that is going to vary from lender to lender as far as when those loans need to be closed. And I don't think there's any lender out there that is going to have a closing date past mid-November that's going to plan to get that loan sold to the agencies before December 1st. And it's varying quite a bit from lender to lender. Some are going to be back with this fee in two weeks time. Some are already applying it to 60-day locks. And that's just leaving them a month to get that loan sold to the agencies if you do a 60-day lock today. They're on the early side of how it's going to be implemented. But the moral of the story is that it, especially with what we're just about to talk about, if bond markets recover a bit this week and we have the absence of this fee for who knows how long, it's a really good time both for consumers and loan originators to be aggressively thinking about locking and making sure they're doing what needs to be done to get their loans through the process. Now, rates could continue to fall so much that it will offset the LLPA fee, but that's never a guarantee, really. So next big high drama thing, the Fed. 
So, yeah, this was wild, man, because I don't know if you guys have talked in the past about the conspiracy theories regarding the Fed trying to get news out to journalists to soften the blow to market. I don't know if that's really a thing. I do know that some reporters have been seen having lunches with the Fed, and then they come up with a story that seems a little bit too insightful. I'm not saying this is a, a real conspiracy theory, but it is certainly interesting that last week we had reporters and journalists, much more so than bond market participants, come out with these articles that really were grandiose in their predictions about how much this Powell speech at Jackson Hole or virtual Jackson Hole was going to matter to the market. And then on Thursday, when it actually came out, we see it wasn't just a Powell speech, but it was a surprise update to their actual policy framework on their actual website. It wasn't just a Powell speech. And this is not something the bond market participants were expecting, even though journalists were alluding to it. This is interesting mm-hmm. in that regard. As far as the nuts and bolts of the thing, uh, what are the, what's the Fed really saying? What did they really say in this policy update last week? They're talking about their inflation framework. And if you've ever heard of that 2% inflation target, then that's what it is. And for at least a year, maybe a little bit more in some cases, the Fed has been talking about a symmetric inflation target. And uh, that's a confusing thing to consider at first, but to demystify it, it's actually pretty simple. It just means that for the amount of time spent under a 2% level of inflation, the Fed's going to want to get it above 2% or maybe an equal amount of time, or at least to offset it in some way that is higher inflation, offsetting lower inflation around this midpoint of 2%. And uh, recall, inflation, not characteristically a friend of the bond market. The higher inflation goes, the higher rates go, all other things being equal. And uh, looking back over time at the implementations of the various QE programs, we can see inflation or, you know, Fed announcements about programs that could drive inflation actually spooking the bond market and making yields go higher. So there was a concern that last Thursday kicked off this reflationary narrative that was going to not necessarily be the nail in the coffin because who knows how the end of the year is going to look in terms of the economy, but put significant upward pressure on rate. And uh, Thursday was definitely a bit gnarly. Friday, things corrected a bit and uh, yields held the same ceiling both days in a row. And so we started talking on MBS Live about, hey, maybe we have a technical ceiling taking shape here. Come in today, we see that ceiling is held up. Buyers are coming in. It's a steady flow of bond buying. It's not like a reactionary thing. And uh, we proceed through the rest of the week with quite a bit of hope, looking at the slate of economic data that is normally heavy hitting stuff. We have ISM manufacturing and non-manufacturing PMIs. And then you have, of course, the jobs report on Friday. And one of the things they mentioned is, hey, maybe we can't have quite as much of a connection between our policy and a dual mandate of both jobs and inflation. Maybe we just need to focus more on inflation because what we've learned is that we can have a really stellar jobs market without inflation doing what we want it to do. So maybe we paid too much attention the labor market and in as a result shortchanged our inflation goals and uh, vice chair clarita just came out and said effectively that this morning reminding markets and tacitly suggesting if the jobs report on Friday is super strong, that doesn't mean anything bad as far as what the Fed's going to do with its policy. They're going to keep buying bonds. They're going to keep short-term rates low. And if that ultimately ends up reflating inflation, so be it. But for now, the things that will reflate inflation are actually good for the bond market. So you look at the 0.79 ceiling in the 10-year and you hear those comments and you think, okay, maybe we do have a shot going into this week. And if the jobs report is exceptionally strong, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Continues to be more about where we go by the end of the year and how we uh, fare in the battle against COVID. 
as an economy. Trend is our friend today, my friend. Look at this and what's going on. This is very interesting. If you do not have something like mbslive.net running in the background, as he's talking, I'm listening to, I'm looking at the screens, I'm looking at things flashing. It is such a resource of valuable information. You can go sign up for this. And guess what? Matt has made available to our listeners that if they put in LOL when they send the sign-up code, you get an extended trial period without a credit card required. Matt, thank you so much for extending that out to our listeners. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, Dave. It's always good. Stay tuned all the way through. I hope you can join us in the when we get into the AI, uh, uh, RPA, Robotic Process Automation, and uh, AI, some of the developments there, what's going on. Love to have you there. So where is this all heading? <laughs> should be fun. Anyway, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Alice Albee's here with us. Everyone loves Alice. And I love what they've called their new system for education, Ask Alice. It's a system. It's so cool. Alice, you got to tell us about that. And I was going to, I sprung this on you. I apologize. But Alice is CMB, <laughs> Vice President of Education and Trading for Union Home Mortgage, one of our favorite companies out there. Bill and Al, they do a great job of running in. They're doing some great things. But the thing I love about these guys, they honored my dear friend, Alice, because when they have the system called Ask Alice. So here is Alice. Ask Alice with a legislative update. Come on, share with us about the Ask Alice. That is so cool. I love well, how they... First of all, I have to tell you, I tried heck to get them to come up with another name. We had a whole list of other names, but Al and Bill were set on that. So we just call it AA. But yeah, we uh, like Quicken, right? You develop your own in-house system that mm-hmm. our partners can go in. Google any question mortgage related and come up with an answer through a series of decision trees. That way they can search on what do I have to do for student loan payments and they don't have to say FHA, VA or conventional. It can follow through a decision tree in different scenarios for them. So it is super cool. Yeah, we were in pilot at the end of last year. It's very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. So there's AI and now there's AA and the system (laughs) is Ask Alice. How cool is that? So I love it. And you know what I love most about it is you've done so much to just unselfishly speak all over the nation, share so much all over the nation, and give, Alice. That's, that's at the heart of you and your precious husband. I just love both of you so much. And you guys are being honored. You specifically are being honored by this company. I'm so pleased for that. That's so cool. Ask Alice. So what's you got for the legislative update today, my friend? A few things. So I just want to make sure everybody heard about the change in the adverse market fee uh, that was talked about earlier by Matt. So that's a big relief in pricing and so forth. And when those closings will come about will be based on each company. So uh, pay attention to that as Matt described. A couple of quick things. We talked a while ago about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau pulling out and asking for comments about the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. As we know uh, in our country, uh, to make sure that we're treating folks equally. And CFPB put that act out with to be completely revisited and see what else do we need to do. So they extended the comment period to December 1st. I just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that. There's still time to go check that out. Another thing that we're watching closely is what's going on with FHA. So borrowers coming out of uh, forbearance on FHA, it's an issue because they have to have three consecutive payments under their repayment plan, and that's causing a delay in folks being able to take advantage of these rates today. So we are waiting for FHA to come out with some additional 
a comment on this. Uh, we've been asking them about that since the other agencies aren't really at that level. And you always think of FHA as being the one a little more friendly for credit like that. Certainly, if the borrower has been making their payments on time, even though they filed for forbearance, we just have a verbal from FHA that they would be okay with that. Mm. And a lot of companies are not comfortable with just going off of verbals and webinars. But just a final tip, too, to make sure that you're watching your neighborhood watch numbers. If you were a company that was conservative on their risk, and in these times, now that we see such change in economics, borrowers... If you were a little more conservative on your risk, you're actually going to see your compare ratio probably do pretty well. For those of you who aren't familiar with the compare ratio for FHA, it compares my company's default rate to the national default rate. Just a heads up for clients, if you were higher risk and you were a company that liked layering risk and you were okay with a lot of higher risk manual underwriting, your compare ratio is probably going to suffer, right? So depending on where you were, you'll see huge impact as these denominator numbers change and the way the forbearances are being treated are really going to impact Neighborhood Watch. So really heads up at 150% compare ratio, you should be prepared that potentially FHA might be sending you a letter wanting to know what's going on. Keep an eye on your compare ratios during this time because they're going to be like a roller coaster and you'll want to get that risk under control pretty quickly. So that's my heads up to lenders today. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot one thing about disaster payment deferrals. This was another good on the servicing side. Disasters now have a new, easier way to get into a payment deferral program. So you can thank COVID for that. It used to be you had to file a lot of paperwork to declare a personal disaster on your home if you had a fire or something like that. Now it is uh, much more lenient and a little easier on the servicing side. All those out there for those of you who've just been (laughs) experiencing the hurricane challenges just in time for the season. Ask Alice. We ask Alice every week on this podcast, and we're so grateful to have you here. So love that. Ask Alice. Good to have you here, sir. I do appreciate you. Say hi to Andy, would you? I will. Thank and, you. Yeah, and stay tuned. Uh, will you be able to participate in the Hot Topic segment as well? Got to get your questions oh, yeah, in for your dear friend, Linda. Get, get me talk to oh, okay. uh, Linda and Indica. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's always a treat. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Alan Pollock is here with a tech update. Alan, how are you doing? Good to hear from you. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I've been doing good. Anyway, we're talking about the world of technology. Our hot topic today is right down the middle of your fairway. Right. You love that topic. So what you got I for do, us I in do. the weekly tech update? So a bunch of, bunch of great stuff. Uh, I did, did want to mention this. You, you know what our podcast is like, Dave? It's, it's like the excitement of getting a new Amazon package at the door every day. <laughs> okay, good. So, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's a big, exciting thing. Some people, it's, they, they place orders just so they can get the package. So. Thanks for all of our listeners. We do appreciate you. Two tech jokes. So if you're struggling to communicate with your technology staff, you need to connect with them better. You just don't feel like you're on the same page. Here's two ways you can do better. The first one, everybody knows that we have in programming languages, Java and C Sharp. So here's this joke. Why do Java developers wear glasses? because they don't see sharp. We're always being told to clear our cash. We test everything that yeah. the tech guys do, and they're like, it's your fault. You didn't clear your cash, or it's out of dev, it's on production, you got to clear your cash. So why did the developer go broke? Because he used up all his cash, C-A-C-H-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to reconnect yeah. with your developers. Those are two awesome jokes that you can do so with. All right, David, other great <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah, come so on. Tell us there's about obviously this, there's this big giant fight going on, Zoom, Google, GoToMeeting, BlueJeans, yeah. Microsoft Teams, right? They're all out there. They're all yeah. having constant 
success and problems, Zoom has exploded. Their earnings are three times, you know, what, what they were earlier this year. But the great thing is, if you haven't been able to see, Zoom just came out with a 27-inch touchscreen device purely to make the calls easier. Get this, high-resolution really? video calls. There's eight microphones inside of this thing, and it has a wide-angle camera. So if you've decided that Zoom is your thing, you want to go check this out. Okay, MERS Corp Holdings, David, this is a great topic. They have partnered with the Federal Home Loan Bank, FHL Bank, to steer system to facilitate the use of the MERS e-registry and they're wishing to pledge e-notes as collateral. Why is this a big deal? It's a big deal for the acceptance of e-notes, as we know, as member institutions, and it's a huge shift in investor confidence around being able to accept digital mortgages. We talk today about AI, we talk about RPA, we talk about all the great things happening in the industry. Everything we're doing is to what's next, and that what is next is the digital mortgage. It's moving to better loan quality, right? Better sales of assets, better transparency. All of this is part of it. Some pieces may be moving faster than others, but um, MERS continues to move forward. As we know, MERS is tied into to the ICE and to many others. Yeah. So very interesting topic that they've got going on there. Uh, David, this one is a selfless plug for Open Close, but Open Close just closed a deal, a big announcement made with seven mortgages. They're a CUSO. And what was unique about it is the fact that the CUSO is able to effectively complete mortgage loans in a special relationship with all of their members. And not that other platforms can't do that. I bring this up because I want to mention how important it is based on your relationship. If you're a financial institution listening to us and you are part of a CUSO or another type of organization, or your organization is made up of a corporate entity that has multiple facets, it's very important that you can organize the data and structure of your technology. We've talked many times about the implementation of technology so that it fits within those kind of models. So Seven Mortgage has a great model. Uh, you can do the same kind of thing. So if you want to look into that, that's something you're interested in. Now, David, SoFi, Mike Cagney, the ex-former yeah. SoFi CEO. This was an American banker. Fantastic article about blockchain. They've created actually a blockchain marketplace. Now, it's not brand new. They actually tested this brand new blockchain marketplace out with HELOCs. They did 1 billion of HELOCs, first liens, and unsecured student loans. They have their own marketplace with 30 buy-side firms. But what they're working on is releasing a full blockchain marketplace for the secondary market. And what they're trying to basically do is not make it where people don't adopt it. They're saying that, hey, you don't have to trust the LO. You don't have to crack tapes. We're going to put into our blockchain Experian data. They're going to sign off on the credit reports. We're going to put in title data. CoreLogic wow. is going to sign off on that. We're going to put in underwriting standards, basic LTV, FICO data, and then we're going to add loan performance and we're going to have asset holder information. This is everything we've been talking about. So it may be that they may not be the adopted blockchain, but right now it's not necessarily who has the best. It's going to be first to market. Now, there's many yep. first to markets, but first adopted or most widely adopted. Mm -hmm. And for the folks, if everybody takes this angle, for everyone that needs people like CoreLogic and others to sign off on data, how many blockchains will CoreLogic and Experian and ABC mm -hmm. and D all go sign off on? So I think it's a race right now. And it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. Blockchain is clearly going to be important, especially later today in our conversation. All that stuff yeah. leads up to blockchain. We know about Incelerate, great partner of ours. Obviously, Incelerate, they just released a mobile app. I won't give tons of detail, but some people launch mobile apps and they don't do a lot of stuff. Their mobile app does everything. It does, uh, and of course they say it's groundbreaking, but it does lead management, lead distribution, click to call, inbound call routing, first call automation, you name it. 
So check it out. There's so much more. Accelerate's a great product, great company. We love Josh Friend. Uh, Blend, they just did a 75 million Series F round. Why is this important? We all know Blend. Because they are officially a unicorn. That's why. They raise the money because they want to accelerate product development, which leads me into two things. And then I'm going to cut short so that we can get into today's hot topic. This past week, we've talked about the podcast Breaking Banks with Brett Kane. It's an right. unbelievable podcast. Okay. I know. Well, Breaking Banks, Love they that have podcast. a topic, how to engage better with borrowers and technology. You want to go listen to this podcast, even if you don't listen to any of their other ones. It has nothing to do with banks. It has to do all about financial services, technology, the expectation of borrowers, what coronavirus has done, you name it. Brett King has fantastic insights. He brings on great guests, and the podcast is an easy-to-listen format. One day, David, we got to call Brett and get Brett on our podcast. But check it out, yeah. Breaking Banks, How to Engage Better with Borrowers and Technology, especially, you know, financial institutions have been investing in technology, including us. And everyone thought, oh, man, this is great. We've invested. We can finally put this stuff out there and we can get more borrowers and we're all going to do great. And then the pandemic hit us and we're realizing that no one's going to branches. Nobody's going through the traditional methods. Everyone's e-connected, digital, you name it, except for the guys that are doing mobile signings out of the white vans that no longer sell lollipops and puppies. Now they just do mobile signings. So in addition to that topic, Housing Wire, one of my favorites, they just launched what they call FinLedger. It's a fintech-focused media brand designed for financial services. And it's all about, they call it the great acceleration is here. That's all the topic. You want to take a look at it. I've already gone through it. That's fantastic information. It's called <laughs> FinLedger. You want to check that out. And then just about AI, et cetera, I created a bank account for my daughter at a very big Florida credit union. Very big. Went online. The process was not good. Nothing was automated. It did not take information on the portal. I wound up having to call and then they mailed the approval letter and I couldn't create the account number was on the approval letter. Yes. And they're huge and everybody uses them. And then the online chat doesn't work. If you get disconnected, if the browser happens to you know switch browsers for one second, it's been a bad experience. Customer experience, automation, AI, RPA. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I'll end it with that. Have a well, great week, yeah. everyone. Thanks for being our listeners, and we appreciate you, and uh, looking forward uh, to talking to you again next week. I appreciate you appreciating our listeners, and you do such a good job of always bringing it on and talking about them. And so you give us feedback. Alan is always asking for feedback. Give it to us through LinkedIn. I go to our website. We love hearing from you, and many of you are giving us some great feedback. We appreciate it. Alan, thanks so much for just that. Folks, this wraps up the weekly update, the first half of our podcast. Folks, I want to just give a shout out again for Nastro, who has invited me to give a, a talk I'm doing tomorrow, September 1st, a webinar on behalf of Finastra on how to start tackling all these desperate, separate processes within your organization. There's things you can do. I walk you through it. So go get registered. And if you're registered, can't make it, at least you'll get a download of it. Thank you so much for being here as our listeners. Special thank you to our sponsors, the CMLA, as well as Indicom. Love them and the content of which they provided. By the way, Linda and Ryan, we need to have you guys back. I'm getting a lot of questions coming in. So would you schedule another time with our team to get you back on here sooner? We've got a lot of questions flowing in. It'd be good to have you on that. You yes, bet. sir. Real day. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Accelerate, Josh Friend. We talked about him earlier, as well as Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, and so many more. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. 
You've been listening to Licken on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Licken of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.